Please join me in saying our opening litany. You can follow along in your electronic bulletin and your responses will be on the screens as well. The Lord be with you, you this night. For God alone my soul waits in silence. Trust in God at all times. Pour out your heart before the Lord. Welcome to this service of comfort and joy. We're so glad that you are joining us this evening. And our hope is that you find this sanctuary to extend to wherever you are watching this service. It's an amazing thing that Jesus can be present with so many at one time. You may have thought that you tuned in this evening hoping to find Jesus. And I can tell you that Jesus was waiting for you. May you find his presence to be of comfort as you see the candles all around us. May you hang on to the proclamation that Jesus is the light that no darkness can ever overcome. Be assured that Jesus comes to you this night, however he finds you, as humble as Joseph, as exhausted as Mary, as poor as a shepherd, as empty as an innkeeper, as vulnerable as an infant baby, or perhaps one who's traveled a difficult journey like the wise men of old. Jesus meets us where we are and he never lets us go no matter how dark the night. There is no question, life is difficult. We're faced with so many challenges in our day-to-day -day living, especially in a pandemic. And they don't stop when the calendar rolls around to December, to Advent and to Christmas. Having said that, we wanted to offer all of us who are here this evening a sacred place in which to lay down all of the burdens that we are carrying and put them into the hands of God. Our hope is that through the quiet, through the scripture, through the scripture read and proclaimed, through music and candles and prayer, and blessing that you will find strength for your journey and a renewed faith in Jesus Christ who loves you so. We will move through this worship service away from the darkness that brought us here and into the light of our faith, which will lead us out when our worship has concluded. We go now in peace into this service. Please join me in this evening's call to worship. You can follow along in your electronic bulletin and your responses will be on the screen as well. O come, O come, Emmanuel. O come, O come, Emmanuel. 
Come into our brokenness. Come into our captivity. Come into our fear. Our souls have had their fill. Please join with me in prayer. Lord, in the midst of winter, when the days are cold and the wind can pierce, remind us of the warmth of your love. In the midst of winter, when days are short, dawn comes late and dusk arrives early, remind us that in the darkness, your light still shines in the midst of winter when the flowers of spring still lie hidden in the earth when leaves are off the trees and the world can seem bleak remind us that Easter is but a short time away and when in our lives we feel as if we are 
experiencing a season of winter, reach out to us with the power of your resurrection so that we may feel the warmth of your love and see your light that alone can take away the darkness of our soul. Amen. We light this first candle to remember those whom we have loved and lost. Please take a moment in silence to name your loved ones in prayer. We remember their names, their faces, their voices, the memories that bind them to us in this season. May, May God's, God's eternal, eternal love surround them. We light the second candle to remember the pain of loss, the loss of relationships, the loss of jobs, the loss of health. We pause to gather up the pain of the past and offer it to God, asking that from God's hands we receive the gift of peace. Refresh, restore, renew us, O God, and lead us into your future hope. We light this third candle to remember ourselves this Christmas time. We pause and remember these past weeks and months, any disbelief, any anger, the down times, the joy and the sorrow of memories, the family and friends who care for us. We give thanks for the support we have been shown. Help, Help us to know eternal love, we pray. We light this fourth candle to remember our faith and the gift of hope that the Christmas story offers us. We remember that God, who shares our life, promises us a place and time of no more pain and suffering. Let us remember the one who shows us the way, who, who brings, brings the, the truth, truth and, and brings, brings light out of darkness. Amen.
will come to you in the silence. I will come from you from all your fears. You will hear my voice. I claim to you as my choice. Be still and Shadows of the night 
Our first reading this evening is Psalms 13, a song of lament, hope, and trust, written by King David. Hear now God's word for you this night. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and the day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give me light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him, and my foe will rejoice when I fall. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praises, for he has been good to me. Word of God. Psalm 23, David says, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. The valley, it is a depression or an extended canyon that seems to go in one direction. It seems like it would go on forever. You see, we all seem to go in these valleys in our life. We may be entering a valley, we may be in the middle of the valley, or we're about to leave the valley. And the valley, it comes in all different shapes and forms. It can be uh, the loss of a friendship the metaphorical death of a dream or a missed opportunity. It can even be the literal death of someone that we love. Basically, it is something that ceases to exist in our lives as we now know it. Ecclesiastes says that there is a time for everything. There is a time to laugh, and there's a time to cry. It's that mourning season. It is that season of pain. at some point we all feel the pain of experience in the valley of the shadow of death when we're in the midst of pain it feels like it goes on forever there's no relief in sight I'm not talking about having a bad day or even a big inconvenience I'm talking about those seasons when the pain hurts in our bones in our gut into the very core of who we are so where do we go when we mourn where do we go with those thoughts of pain and those wounds? Jesus said, for those that are mourning, do just that, mourn. But he also gave a promise that there will be comfort. So for those people that 
or in the valley with no end in sight, they must be comforted. And we want to help. We want to be there for people. But in reality, there are really no words to say for someone who is sitting in their mourning booth. We try to tell jokes. We think that laughter should lighten their mood. It doesn't always seem to work. If laughter is the best medicine, why does it seem to sting when we're in the valley? And others try to offer perspective. We really don't know what to say, so we try to offer some counsel. We'll say stuff like, all things work together for good. It's true, but the timing may be a little off. Sometimes we find ourselves trying to comfort someone we really love. We say it's time to move on, to rise above it, to get over it, but there's a life still to live. But if we were to really look at them, we'd see their pain. For those of us who can't see the pain, we leave, we exit. We cannot sit in the morning booth any longer. We cannot stay in the valley. Everyone must take their turn in the morning booth. However, they shouldn't have to do it alone. Paul calls out the cry for the followers of Jesus. Mourn with those who mourn. Carry one another's burdens. We must get in close proximity of the person in pain. Never underestimate the power of your presence. When a person is seated in their mourning booth, there is something eternal and gently and quietly taking a seat next to the wounded. St. Francis said, share Jesus with others, and if you have to, use words. You see, you don't have to use words at all. It can make all the difference in the world when someone is willing to sit and share in the pain, the sorrow, and the hurt. It is a holy response. Our second scripture lesson this evening comes from Mark's account of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm going to take you tonight and spend a little time with Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus and his disciples went to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. Going a little farther, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. Yet, not what I will, but what you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Could you not keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. 
Once more, he went away and prayed the same thing. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. They did not know what to say to him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Holy God, may all that we do and say in this night be well and good in your sight. Amen. My first foray into stomach-wrenching, soul-numbing, life-changing, unspeakable grief came with the death of my dad when I was a teenager. All of my grandparents had died before I was born or when I was very young, aside from my paternal grandmother who passed when I was 10, though she had been sick for most of my life, so I never really had much of a relationship with her. So my dad's passing was my first profound experience with Sometimes there is this underlying notion that experiencing grief through death is something that should be eased into, like losing grandparents first, then eventually parents later in life. It seems only fitting, doesn't it? Like that should be the natural order of things. But none of us are really naive enough to think that, are we? It's a nice thought, but we all know life doesn't work that way. Tragedy strikes, life happens, and sometimes, one day, out of the blue, the unspeakable occurs, and your life has been changed forever. I had just started college and was at school three and a half hours from home when my dad had passed, so imagine my surprise, then quickly realized shock when one of my sisters and my brother's future wife showed, in, showed up in the lobby of my dorm in the middle of the night to share the news and to bring me home. The three of us, sobbing, got onto the elevator to head back up to my seventh floor dorm room to pack some of my things. And we were joined by two of my floor mates who quite obviously had been out partying. Being the sweet innocent, underage co-ed that I was, I will, I will never forget, even in the midst of my grief, thinking to myself, who goes out partying on a Monday night? It's funny, the things you remember. But what I really remember most was this same floor mate wrapping her arms around me and not saying a word the whole ride up the elevator this floor mate who I had just met the month before and hardly knew. She offered me comfort without saying a word. I don't remember a whole lot about the drive back home. I do remember offering to drive since my sister and sister-in-law were exhausted from the trip down to get me. I remember going through a drive through to get them something to eat. And I remember the thunderstorm we drove through that lit up the sky with an amazing lightning show. I don't remember arriving at my other sister's home where the rest of the family had gathered for the night, but I do remember all of us staying up till the pre-dawn pre hours talking. And then, after only a few hours sleep, I remember waking up with this terrible heartache and not immediately aware of its source until finally my head caught up with my heart only to be flooded with the reality 
and to begin the first day of my life without my dad. And to this day, I am fascinated by the power of the heart to feel and know things before the mind does. Clearly, I did not know in those first days, weeks, and months following my dad's passing that I had suddenly become comfortable with death and grief. It was only a year and a half later I discovered this when one of my best friends from high school, Danielle, also lost her dad. I was at ease in comforting her. I was at ease at the funeral home. I was at ease at the funeral. And I was at ease knowing exactly what it was that she was going to need in the days and the months that lay ahead of her. The day after Danielle's dad's funeral, a handful of us from high school got together at her house. As we were hanging out in her kitchen, I suddenly became aware that all five of us 20-year-olds in that room had all lost our fathers. It was an interesting and stunning realization, and we all acknowledged then and there how unfair that seemed. Yet there was also this unspoken understanding that we were grateful for our ability to recognize the gift of being able to comfort our friend simply because life had taught us to be comfortable with death at a fairly early age. I believe in some ways we knew the secret. We knew the secret to comforting the grieving because we had been there ourselves. And the secret was to simply be present. No words needed to be spoken. And the video we just watched showed that perfectly. They called it a holy response. It's a holy response to sit with someone and share in their pain unspeakable without even saying a word. There is a man whose story resides in the Old Testament of the Bible. In fact, there is a whole book dedicated to his life story, and his name was Job. Now Job's life, in the blink of an eye, was totally decimated. He lost his entire livelihood, all of his children, and his health within a matter of days. Clearly, this sent Job into deep mourning. His best friends heard about Job's tragedy, so they left their home to be with him. And they literally sat with him in silence for seven days. They did a phenomenal job comforting their friends simply with their presence. But on the eighth day, they sort of ruined it when they began to speak, trying to offer Job counsel, reason, and advice. They would have done better by Job's grief to simply sit with him in his pain. Even Jesus himself, in his greatest hour of need, simply asked for his friends to be present, to keep watch with him, and to pray. Twice he made this request, and twice he let them down. Even after telling them how greatly troubled and grieved he was, for he did not mince his words when he said, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch. They were still unable to grant his request. I can't help but wonder what the disciples' own grief must have been like in the immediate days that followed after Jesus was crucified the next day 
as they thought back to that night and how they let Jesus down and slept through their last moments with him, I would imagine their regret and grief must have been unspeakable. It is true we are all going to end up in a valley of our own at some point. It's almost guaranteed that we will experience many valleys in our lifetime. And there is really a good chance that you find yourself in one right now. Perhaps you are the one sitting in the morning booth. And I hope and pray that you are not alone. In fact, I know that you are not because Jesus is most certainly sitting right there with you. And in fact, he knows exactly how you are feeling grieved, lonely, rejected, heartsick, frustrated, angry. He knows. He's been there. Yet in spite of this, we are still called to carry one another's burdens and to mourn with those who mourn. But my friends, let's be honest. Right now, this is all an almost impossible task. Even though presence is even more valuable than ever, to those grieving, to those who live alone, to those who are lonely. It's a gift that we all have to give, the ability to offer to someone else the balm of our presence. But for now, we have been requested to stay away, keep back, don't touch. Our friends and family are in reach, but unreachable. I am comfortable with death and with grief, but I am becoming very uncomfortable with not being able to offer the gift of my presence to those who may be needing it. I am becoming uncomfortable with separation and distance. Two of my best friends lost parents in the past seven months, Danielle being one of them, as she lost her mom in September, and I could not get to either one of them. And it's unfair, and it's frustrating. Even this service, in and of itself, doesn't feel proper. We, as your, as your pastors and your church staff and your church family, can't see your tears. We can't hold your hand. We can't offer you a Kleenex. We can't give you a hug. It's uncomfortable and it's pain and it's frustration unspeakable. And I know that I am preaching to the choir here because you probably would not be attending this service this evening if you weren't feeling lost or defeated or grieved or whatever other emotion that you want to put into words or whatever other emotion there are no words for. And you are here just searching for something. You are searching for some shred of comfort, some ounce of relief, some nugget of assurance that your pain won't last forever. And I don't know how comforting my words can truly be. But I believe with every fiber of my being that you will be comforted and you will find relief from your affliction. Because I know of a man who did the impossible. I know of a man who suffered the greatest pain so that we wouldn't have to. I know of a man who defeated death for all time so that our personal suffering would only be for a moment of time against the backdrop of eternity. I know of a man who loves you so 
much that he is suffering right along with you in this very moment. In fact, he is sitting next to you on your couch in your quiet family room right now. He is lying next to you on your bed as you struggle with heart pain through the watches of the night. He is sitting at your feet as you hold your head in your hands and wonder how you are going to make next month's rent. He is sitting in that empty chair at your breakfast table that was once occupied by a loved one. He is sitting next to you in your car as you drive to freedom and out of an abusive relationship. He is sitting with you as you push back another traumatic memory from your time serving in the line of duty. He is sitting with you as you wait for the call or for the text from that relationship that fell out of step. He is sitting in that hospital room or assisted living apartment or nursing home with your loved one whom you cannot be with due to the virus. He is sitting with you in your doubts that these days will ever end. He is sitting with you in your uncertainty about tomorrow as you await tests, procedures. He is sitting in the recesses of your heart where your deepest, most unspeakable pain resides in a depth that only he can touch. And of course, I am speaking again about Jesus Christ, not a myth or a legend or a fairy tale, but whose life is a historical fact. Emmanuel himself, God with us, God incarnate, fully human and fully divine. And his birth, is what we celebrate at Christmas time. God showing up among us as a helpless child who would grow to be a remarkable man of sorrows and joys. And it is okay. It is more than okay to feel lost in your pain this holiday season while the rest of the world around you may appear to be cheery and merry and bright. It's more than okay to recognize that you are struggling. And it's more than okay. In fact, it's encouraged to reach out to your church community, to friends or family, and to be honest with them as to where you are and to put a voice to what you need. And even though we physically cannot be with you during this season, we can still walk with you through your valley and sit with you in your morning booth and offer our presence to you in a new way. You're hurting. I'm hurting. We all collectively, no doubt, are hurting. These days of COVID-19 have brought with them a new level of angst and pain and uncertainty that our generations have never known. It's unspeakable. But rest assured, all of this that we are feeling is not too much for God. He is comfortable with grief, and he will not leave our side. So this Christmas season, though we may not be feeling merry and bright, we can still celebrate the God who sees us, the God who counts our tears, the God who hears our sighs, the God who feels our pain. 
And it is my hope and prayer for you. It is my hope and prayer for us all that our unspeakable pains will soon turn to unspeakable joy. For I bring to you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today, in the city of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. For unto us a Savior has been born, joy unspeakable. Amen. So my friends, in this traditional worship service of ours, typically this would be the time that we would invite you to come forward and to light a candle in memory of a loved one or in memory of something that is going on with you. This candle would represent the lightness and the light of God that will overcome whatever darkness that you are feeling in your heart and soul. And unfortunately, since we cannot do that this night, we offer you this beautiful piece of music to reflect on. And if you wish, if you are joining us live stream right now, we would invite you to write in the chat the name of whoever it is you are thinking of or any situation for which you might need prayer because we would love to come along beside you and be with you as you sit in your morning booth. This community of Rosedale Gardens has been blessed with a variety of people well-trained to take care of those who hurt. We have a variety of Stephen ministers who are ready and willing to walk through this valley with you. So we now ask if you are willing and wish to share whatever it is going on in your world, please do so. And we are honored and humbled by the privilege of sharing in your grief.
we turn now to our time of prayer. And may, wherever you are, may you bow your head and feel the comforting presence of Christ with you and all of us gathered around you with a hand on your shoulder. Let us pray. Loving Jesus, our Savior and friend, on this long, dark night, we await your coming. We long for the light of your presence. Be with us, be in us. When our tears fall down our faces, may we know that your tears mingle with ours. May we feel your presence surrounding us. May we imagine like a blanket being just enveloped by your love, by your light. When our souls are deeply troubled and our hearts break with the weight of sorrow, may our grief be seasoned with your love and our sorrow be buoyed by your hope. Spirit of gentleness, in our times of God-forsakenness and estrangement, may we gaze on the innocent one in the manger, made perfect through suffering, and see in him our vulnerable God, who saves in weakness and in pain. May our suffering empty us of pride, lead us to true joy in Christ, by the infinite depths of your grace. For Lord Jesus, just as we once walked in the footsteps of a mother or father, when we were like a child following in the snow prints, we give you thanks that even on a winter's night, with the snow crunching under our feet, you bring light. You gird us up. You envelop us with your love. Your spirit ever guiding us, ever with us. No matter how deep the pain, for we know that you have been there. For we know that there is no place that we could ever go beyond your arms of love. So perhaps tonight, we fill up on our memories of our loved ones. We empty out disappointments and griefs. We fill up on your love and your faith and your hope as we pour out those fears and anxieties. For we know, Lord Jesus, that you have come to give us abundant life. And abundant life is what we ask for this night. For God of the loving heart, whisper strength into our night. 
And when we wake up in the morning to a new day, breathe courage into that day. We ask these things in the name of your child, Jesus, who came that we would have that abundant life, and we claim it now. We receive it. We thank you for it. As we pray now in his name, the prayer he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
My friends, my wish for you this Christmas season, unspeakable hope that this too shall pass, unspeakable peace in your restless nights, unspeakable joy in the promise of tomorrow, and the unspeakable love of Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. Alleluia. Amen.